Heaven will be something. Well, it's good to see some of my members here tonight. Good to see Jeff and them over here. Dennis, Lanny and them back here tonight. And Alex, he drove me. And I don't know if I got any others here tonight. Uh, you know, I don't know if I do or not, but I think that's it. Maybe, oh, Miss Schaefer over here. She was here last night. But I'm glad to see those of you here tonight. I've enjoyed being here with you. I love you, preacher. I was thinking about tonight. Brother Steve's got one of the best spirits about him. If anybody will ever be around. He's got a sweet spirit about him. And uh, boy, I work on mine because mine sometimes, you know, get out of the, you know, you try to keep it sweet. But I'll tell you sometimes, uh, you know, it's tough to do. You got to work on it, ain't you? Keeping yourself right, you know. Well, I appreciate y'all having me, Brother Steve. Thank you for having me. And I want to preach tonight. I've sort of wrestled with what to preach. Uh, I thought about preaching tonight on when the king pours you, you water out. But I'm not going to preach that. I thought about that tonight, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach tonight on God will not forget. You know, I may forget some things. I guarantee you I do. I used to not forget too much, but boy, anymore, I'm bad about it. But if you'll look in Psalm 77, let me get to preaching. But I just want to say I enjoyed all the music tonight. Boy, it was all good. And you know, I was thinking about when them girls were singing tonight. You know, you can't beat family harmony. You can put together any group you want to, but brother, if you come to beat a family in harmony, you can forget that going back to the house. You're not going to beat a family singing. When they get to harmonizing a family, their voices, God just puts it together. And that's about as good as you're going to hear. And I appreciate that good singing tonight by the choir and by the narrow road and all of it. And I appreciate your preacher asking me to come preach. And uh, you pray for me and the Lord will help me tonight. And in Psalm 77, this is a psalm here of Asaph. And in verse 1, he said, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Boy, I'm glad when I cry out to him, he, he hears me, ain't you? It said, in the day of my trouble. Now, let me tell you, you may pray other times, but let me tell you, when you got trouble, you'll cry. And uh, you know old Job, if you ever look at, in his prayers, there in the book of Job, uh, you know, Job said in that 23rd chapter, oh, that I might know where I might find him. Let me tell you, one thing's wrong with us, the O's has gone out of our prayers. And oh, Asaph here cried unto God in the day of his trouble. And he said, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. You know, some people refuse to be comforted. And uh, God, is, he gives the Holy Spirit in us to be the comforter. But you can refuse comfort. You can refuse comfort. But he said, my soul refused to be comforted. He said, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed, Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I've considered the days of old and the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail evermore? Look at this next verse. Verse nine. Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in his anger shut up his tender mercies, Selah? And I said, this is mine infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. And I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. Now look what he said. Hath God forgotten, he said in verse 9, to be gracious. Hath God forgotten? Now, if you uh, you don't have to hold your place there. If you want to turn to the book of Hebrews, I'm going to, I don't do this much. Usually I just have one text, but I'm going to look in the book of Hebrews and the sixth chapter, and I'm only going to read one verse. In Hebrews chapter number six, verse 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget 
your worth and labor of love which you've showed toward it to his uh, uh, toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister uh, it says God is not unrighteous to forget now there might be sometimes you think God forgot but he's never forgotten anything God does not forget and I want to preach to you not simply on this thought it's not any great message but it'll help you if you'll think about what I'm saying tonight God will not forget. Boy, I'm glad he don't forget. Now, there may be some times that you think God's forgot you, but he never forgets. Now, brother, I may forget something, but God will never forget you. And there'll be times when you're in trouble. There might be times when you're going through hard times that you've thought, God has forgotten me down here. Has God forgotten me? Oh, no. God never forgets. And I just want to give you a few little things tonight that God never forgets. Let's pray. And our Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight, uh, Lord, that you never forget. And I'm thankful, dear Lord, tonight for the good uh, spirit that's in this place tonight, for the good music by the choir and by the uh, bluegrass uh, group tonight in Arrow Road. We thank you for them. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit of God that's here. Now, Lord, may you help me tonight to be a blessing to the people of God tonight. And we'll thank you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I just want to remind you tonight of some things that God has, won't forget. Now, you may think that he forgets some things, but he never forgets anything. And I'm glad, uh, listen, when we get home, you get to heaven one day, let me tell you, and I've run into some of them. I've run into some preachers that thought God forgot them. I've run into some preachers, Brother Stephen preached to them, they get discouraged. Uh, I've run into some preachers. And, and, and by the way, let me say this, some of the greatest preachers in America are not some of the people you, that you think is the greatest preacher in America. Some of the greatest preachers, Brother Steve, is some of these fellows that pastor in some of these churches. Uh, way back in places that people don't hardly even know exist. And they've been faithful. I'm thinking about a man right now that I just preached for here a couple of years ago up in the mountains of West Virginia that stayed in one little holler down there and pastored 50 some years of the same church. I'm talking about in a little bitty place. I'm talking about in a holler. That brother, just in an old holler up there that he stayed 50, probably been there 52 years now. And uh, some might go by sometimes and, and look in a place like that and say, well, you know what, that's not. But let me tell you something. Some of them preachers may sometimes think that God's forgot them. But let me tell you something. You wait one day till the judgment seat of Christ. You wait one day and it's going to shock you how, who God's going to parade out and show you some people and say, these are some of the greatest people that I ever had. Uh, people, some of these missionaries, some of these missionaries, uh, that, uh, some of these missionaries that have went to foreign fields and maybe never had a big work or maybe never uh, run hundreds in church and thousands and maybe that uh, stayed for many, many years and were faithful. Uh, there, brother, let me tell you something. Uh, there's going to be some people that maybe you never even heard of uh, or ever even thought about that God is going to say, let me tell you something. I want to show you somebody over here that they might have thought that I forgot them, but I want to show you something. And he'll parade them out and show you and me some people uh, that he's never forgot. And I want to say something to you tonight. You may be going through a hard time and think God's forgot you. You may have gotten sometimes some hardships coming in your life and think that God's forgot. But let me tell you something tonight, neighbor. God has never forgot. And let me say tonight, let me give you some things God's not forgot. God tonight will never forget a willing servant. God will not forget a willing servant. Let me tell you what Mark 9.41 says. Mark 9.41 says, for whoso, uh, for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because uh, uh, in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. 
Do you know something that uh, uh, I heard? Uh, 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 listen, I heard old uh, Brother Bobby Robertson talk about uh, there that there was a place that he used to go and preach up in the mountains of Virginia. And he said that every night, he said he preached in that church, there was a little old uh, woman, he said, would come every night with a little glass and a little pitcher of water. And every night before the service, she'd set that on the pulpit uh, for him every night. And he said he preached in that church many, many years. He said in a row, and he said that woman right there, that was her job uh, that she would bring uh, the the water pitcher and a little cup and set it up there. Now, you say, well, preacher, that ain't much. Well, let me tell you something, though. It's enough that God said this, that if a person's doing it for the glory of God, he said he'd never forget that, that he'll not forget a willing servant. Let me tell you something tonight. Uh, brother, there's some of you in here tonight, uh, like me, that can't do uh, what others can do. And where we get in trouble sometimes, Brother uh, Steve, is we want to be like somebody else. We want to do what they do. But let me tell you something. God didn't make all of us alike. And you know what Paul said? Paul said, we're not wise to measure ourselves by ourselves. In other words, we're not wise to uh, try to measure up to somebody else. God don't want me to be you. God wants me to do what I can do and God wants you to do what you can do. Amen? That's what he wants you to do. You just do what you can do. But let me ask you this though. But are you doing what you can do? See, that's the question. If it's to carry water, then carry water. Brother, if it's to sing in the choir, then sing in the choir. If it's to be an usher, uh, then you be an usher. But whatever you do, do it for the glory of God because there's a reward in being a willing servant. He'll not forget that, you see. Hey, you know something? Hey, everybody can't give alike. There, there are some people that could write a check for thousands of dollars and never miss it to a church. But let me tell you something. There's some that, brother, they're maybe given out of a little, a little uh, social security check or something, and it ain't even enough for them to make it, but they're still giving out of that. Let me tell you something. Uh, to, but to God, that's just as big. Hey, do you, you remember right there in Luke chapter 21, in Luke chapter 21 and verses one through four, you remember that little widow in there that gave them two mites, them two mites, come up to about a fourth of a cent. Now, folks, that ain't much, is it? But you know what it was? It was everything she had. What she did, she did everything she could. She gave everything she could do. That was everything she could do. Now, let me tell you something. She was doing more than some of the others that were there that maybe could have given a whole lot. And sometimes we look at, we look at a, a, a big offering. When, when many times, friend, it's what somebody did, what they could. Are, are you listening to me? Oh, let me tell you something. Are you doing what you can? Are you doing what you can, you see? You know, I was over in Honduras a few years ago preaching a meeting. It's been many years ago. Now, I say a few years ago. I lose track of time. But I'm talking about a willing servant. I preached in a, a, a one night. They had a service. They was having a, a at different places. I never been to anything like this. It was sort of strange, uh, Brother Steve, but uh, uh, brother uh, uh, the, the Spanish pastor up in Hammond at that time. He's dead now. I can't even remember his name. But he called me on the phone and said, Brother Cox. He said, Doctor Howells wanted me to call you, and he wants you to go with me down to Honduras and preach in a meeting down there in a, a, a fundamentalist conference down in Honduras. And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. And I said, Doc, I, I can't speak a, a word of Spanish. I mean, I can't say nothing. He said, well, you don't have to. He said, they'll have interpreters down there. Well, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but that's not the easiest thing to do, especially when, uh, you know, uh, you're a hillbilly like I am and you don't, hey, and you, 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 you've never done it. I mean, it's a chore. And I said, well, I'll go. If, 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 if Doc told you to call me, I, I'll go. So he said, yeah, we don't want you to go. So me and him and Sam will leave us, you know, Sam and three or four more went down yonder to preach. 
And we got in this meeting and it was a blessing. But brother, listen, uh, it was hot weather down there, my goodness. And the second night of that meeting, uh, I was only going to preach two nights, Monday night and Tuesday morning and, and Tuesday night and then maybe Wednesday morning. And then I was heading home to try to get back so I could preach Wednesday night. And so I uh, preached Tuesday morning and finished the sermon and the tabernacle was about as big as these two sections right here. And it just had wooden poles and a, seemed like it might have had a concrete floor and they was planning to make a building out of it. And I preached that morning and we had a good service and uh, they said, now we got a man going to take you to the airport after the service. And I said, okay. And I went back there and I had my suitcase sitting back there. And, and, uh, and, and I went back there, Brother Steve, and, and he said, now preacher, this fella and his boy is going to take care of you. And uh, that man was just smiling from ear to ear. And he couldn't say too much in English, you know. Uh, he was just smiling and, and he said, uh, I'm, I'm your ride to the airport. And I said, okay. He said, well, right here's the car. And brother, let me tell you something. That car was a little Ford uh, uh, Escort. And that thing, listen, they wasn't a, hardly a drop of paint on it. It was, I mean, the, they wasn't no paint on that car. And I got to looking at it, the tires were slick. And uh, it was slick. And uh, that little old boy was standing there, he was just a smiling. And, and a daddy, he was just smiling. They said, yeah, we're riding. That man run around opened the door for me. And, uh, and uh, opened the door for me and took my bag and put it in the back. And, and he started that thing up and it was missing. And uh, that old car's a missing. And he buckled his seat belt and I buckled mine. I got ready to sit down in that seat and the uh, and, uh, foam, you know, was a little bit of foam coming up there and there wasn't hardly much cushioning in it. Mostly wire uh, there. And I sat down and that little old boy, he jumped in the back and he stuck his little head right up between me and his daddy he was just looking me right in the face, you know, just smiling. And the dad, he, he looked at me, Brother Steve, and he said, he said, Brother Cox, he said, this is such an honor. This is such an honor for me to get to drive you to the airport. And I said, well, brother, I'm honored you'd take me. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you taking me. And, and we was going down the road. And, uh, and, and he said, uh, uh, preacher, he said, uh, I took a week off from work to be in this meeting this week uh, for my job. He said, I took a, a time off of my job. And, and the old dash and that old car where the heat had got to it, you, you've seen them before, they just bust open. I mean, it was just busted all to pieces. And the windshield was just uh, where rocks had hit it and a lot of rocks down there. And old rocks had just hit that wind. It just split all to pieces. And we're going down the road. And he was just smiling and happy. That little boy's just so happy. And he said... This is an honor. And uh, he said, I took a week off from work. And I said, well, God bless you. And I said, uh, brother, if you don't mind me asking, I said, uh, do, you, do they pay you pretty good on your job? Oh, yes, pastor. He said, they pay me $20 a week. $20 a week. And, uh, and, 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 you know, he said, and preacher, he said, look, look at this car. He said, look what God's given me. And I want to use it to haul his servant in. And Brother Steve, my church had just, church had just given me, uh, it wasn't a brand new one, but it just was two or three years old, uh, a, a 98 Lincoln town car that didn't have a scratch on it. It was perfect and leather, leather interior in it and, and all of that. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was just a beautiful car. And uh, I began to weep. And I began to just weep when he said, God gave me this car to use for his glory. And, uh, and I began to cry and began to weep. And, 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 and he thought I was crying because I was happy. And I hit the dash, but I was under conviction so bad. And I said, oh God. And, and he said, yes. He said, I want to serve the Lord. I want to be his servant, he said. And man, I was just weeping and squalling. And, and I was under conviction because God had given me I don't remember how many thousand dollars a car like that would have cost then that I had, but it was so nice. It was uh, the best you could get, Lincoln Town car. And here was this man, Brother Steve, if I parked that car out here tonight, you wouldn't drive it off for it. I mean, it was all in pieces. But he was so happy. That little boy was so happy. And they was 
praising God in that car. And I was weeping and weeping. And uh, we were shouting and having a camp meeting in that car because I was with a willing servant. And I got news for you, neighbor. Whenever that man one day stands before God, that man will reward that humble servant for what he was doing for God. But let me ask you something tonight. Are you using what God has given you? Use it because God will not forget you. And God will not forget that man. I've thought about him. I don't even know his name. But when we got to the curb and he set me out on the sidewalk, I said, come here a minute. And that old boy come and I hugged his neck and I reached in my pocket and I said, look, would you let me do something? And I took a $20 bill out and I said, could I pay your salary this week? I know you said you took off a week from work. Oh, preacher, no, no. He said, that's too much. I said, look, doc, I'd love to do it. I'd love to do this for you and do this for you. Please take it. And that old boy took it. And you know what, brother, I felt so good in my soul that I could do something for God's man and for that little humble servant. He was a willing servant. And let me say something tonight. What are you doing with what God give you? What are you doing with what God's give you tonight? You got two good legs, use them. You got two good arms, use them for the glory of God. You know, there's a family and they're in heaven now. The man and woman both in heaven. But when I pastored in Bolt, West Virginia, before I ever come down here, you're talking about in the mountains. I pastored way back in the mountains. Brother Steve, it was 25 miles the closest hotel of any kind to where I pastored there. And when we'd have missionaries in, there was a man and a woman named Bill Price, Bill and Geraldine, two of the sweetest Christians I ever met. And, and Bill was a retired coal miner and they had a brick house, a beautiful brick house. Too. It was a, 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 to, had a basement in it and they had taken that basement out of their house and made it into a, 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 a living quarters. They had a bathroom downstairs. They had a living room. They had a kitchen. They had a bed, two bedrooms, I believe two bedrooms down there and made it nice. And they told me when I would come past their church, they said, now Brother Darrell, listen, any missionaries, any evangelists, do you ever have anybody Preacher, don't put them in a don't put them in a uh, don't put them in a hotel. You bring them over here. And this place I went through it. It was nice and clean. They said, "Please let us stay here." And Miss Price said, "I'll get up and cook their breakfast and I'll make their food." These was retired people, but you know what they was doing? They was taking their house and they took the bottom of their house and made it a place to take care of God's people. Now let me tell you something. Listen to what I'm telling you. Do you know what they were? They were willing servants. And I watched God bless Bill Price and Geraldine. And he blessed them. They had so much joy. And God blessed them. And you know something? Somebody said something to me about this the other day. I was just a young kid preacher. When I started pastoring, Brother Steve, I was barely 25 years old. And I started pastoring. Not a day of college. Not one day. You talking about green? Listen, I didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. And Mrs. Price was an educated woman, a retired school teacher, and, and, and had all kinds of education. And let me tell you something. Hey, I was pastoring at the church. And, and you know something? She knew more about the Bible. She had forgot more than I knew. She knew the Word of God inside and out. She knew it. She'd been saved for many, many, many years. And she went to all of the conferences. She'd go the week, the sword of the Lord. She'd go to the Bill Rice Ranch. She went and stayed and she studied her Bible. She knew way more about the Bible than I did. But listen what she did. And I struggled. I mean, I was just trying to come up with sermons and preaching. You know what she did? Every time she'd go to the Bill Rice Ranch, she'd come back with commentaries and she'd come back with She'd subscribe me to two or three papers. And I started getting them in the mail. I'd get the sword and I was getting pulpit helps and getting there. And you know what it is? She is always, always sending me something, always giving me books. And you know what? She's never critical. And she'd always come out and say, boy, preacher, that was good. Boy, it's a good message. And listen to what I'm telling you. I look back now and that willing servant Helped a young kid preacher that didn't know nothing. 
to make it. You see, instead of being critical and saying, we need, we need a theologian down here, she helped a young preacher that didn't know nothing, her and her husband, and they helped me. Willing servants. See, they weren't critical. They tried to help me. They could have run me if they wanted to. They could have beat me down being critical. But they were willing servants that tried to help their preacher. And I'm in the ministry today, probably, because of Bill Price and Geraldine. And they were willing service. Oh, Bill didn't have no education. But he came to my house one day. And Brother Steve, I had what few books I had piled up in the parsonage floor. And he come in the house and he looked and he said, Preacher, what's your books doing over in the corner? I said, well, Bill, I got too many and I ain't got nowhere to put them. He didn't say anything. He went back and got some pine boards and built three big bookcases covered my whole wall. And one day on that old Chevrolet truck, he come rolling back in there and unloaded them bookcases and me and him carried them in the house and stood them up against the wall. You know what he did? A willing servant. Are, are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Are you doing what you can? See, God will not forget a willing servant. Hey, anybody can get a cold cup of water. Anybody can get some water and take it. Are you doing what you can do? Hey, are you financially doing what you can do for your church? I mean, are you doing what you can do? Are you doing what you can do maybe for some bus kid? Are you doing what you can do? See, a willing servant. God will not forget. He's watching. See, and, and, and I'll tell you what you do. You give and you watch God. You watch God. You reach, you reach, in, you reach in your pocket and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give to my church or I'll give to the ministry here. And then you watch God turn right around and you watch God reach down and, 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 and you, you get in a giving contest with God and see if, you, if God don't win. And you get to serving God and giving God what you got and see if God don't give back. I sat last night, sitting on the couch, sitting there with my wife, and I said, honey, I'm going to tell you something. God's been good to us. I tell her all the time, God's been good. And don't you forget that God's been good to you. And He will not forget, my friends. Let me say tonight, God will not forget a willing servant. Oh, let me tell you, he won't. Let me give you something else tonight. God will not forget tonight what love that you show to him. He won't forget it. Hey, do you know something? Look, I want to show you something here. Look at Mark chapter 14. I know I'm not half preaching, but this is this right here is what the Lord gave me to give you. And in Mark 14, I just want to show you something. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross here. And I want to show you, this is one of the sweetest stories in the Bible. Boy, I love this. This is sweet right here. Mark chapter 14. Look at it. And look at verse 3. It says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the lepers, he sat at meat. In other words, he's sitting there to eat. There came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment and spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box, look, and poured it on his head. And there were some in, that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, you may do good to them, but me, ye have not always. Look at this. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Hey, you know something, what that is? Listen, you don't understand this, but when she brought that alabaster box, it was about, a, it, it was maybe a year or two's earnings. She had everything she had in there. It was very costly. It wasn't just that she brought a, a bottle of perfume. She'd saved and saved and saved and saved and saved and saved everything she had. And when she broke that out and broke it, she put it on Jesus. You say, why? She loved him. 
Are you? And, and you know what Jesus said? Leave her alone. And by the way, you know who it was that spoke up? Judas. He said, well, why was this wasted? It could have been uh, used for the poor. He didn't care nothing about the poor. He didn't care anything about the poor. He didn't care. He was wanting it for himself. But Mary of Bethany brought it and used it on Jesus. You know something? Whatever you do for him out of love, he'll not forget it. And you know what we do for him ought to be because we love him. I like what our sister said about singing a while ago. She said, I love to sing, but it's singing for him. Singing for him. What Are you doing what you do for him, see? Are you doing what you do for him? You know, I'm doing what I can do for him. Are you doing what you can? Jesus said, leave her alone. She hath done what she could. Are you doing what you can? You know, God knows if I'm doing what I can. Don't he? He knows if I'm doing what I can. Hey, let me tell you, he won't forget it. The Lord will not forget. He said, I won't forget that. I'll never forget that right there. You know what it is? He'll reward you. You see, that's what the judgment seat, did you know that the judgment seat of Christ is not about our sins being judged? Did you know that? Did you know that the judgment seat of Christ has not one thing to do with your sins being judged? Your sins were judged at Calvary. And your sins are judged when you confess them. And your sins are even judged when you're chastened. See? So your sins are judged here. Up there, it's going to be, it'll be what we did where rewards will be given out or we'll see what we could have got. Second John 8 said, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we've wrought or earned. I think you can lose rewards. But hey, let me tell you, I want to do what I can to serve him. And by the way, you know what we'll do with those rewards? Those crowns, you know what we'll do with those things that he gives us? We'll give them back to him. And I don't know how he's going to do it, Brother Steve, but I'm going to tell you, when he comes back, to take care of that bunch in Revelations 19. He's going to be wearing them crowns. Now you're talking about decorated. He's going to be decorated, brother. I mean, he's going, to be, he's going to be wearing the jewelry that his children gave back to him. See, the judgment seat comes before the marriage supper. And after the marriage supper, he comes back. See, on white, on white horses, is that right? But let me ask you something tonight. Are you doing what you can? See? Are you doing what you can? Uh, He'll not forget, let me tell you, a willing servant. He'll not forget what love you show. Let me give you this right here. Third, uh, God will not forget us walking with Him. You know, He won't forget those that walk with Him. He won't forget those. And by the way, you know something? You said, oh yeah, He'll forget. God forget, no, he won't. You know something? Whenever Hezekiah, God sent old Isaiah in there in the 20th chapter, 2 Kings, you remember that? And told Isaiah, you go tell Hezekiah the king he's going to die. Remember that? Set thy house in order. And you know what Hezekiah did? He turned his face to the wall. You ever had your face against the wall? He turned his face to the wall. And he said, Lord, I have walked before you in truth. I've walked with you and I've I've stood for truth and I've done right. And you know what? And God changed his mind. And God said, you know what I'm going to do, Hezekiah? I'm going to give you 15 more years. He said, Isaiah, go back and tell him I give him 15 more years to live. Go back and tell him give him 15 more years. Hey, God will not forget those that walk with him. And you won't forget it either if you walked with him. Remember Luke chapter 24? Cleophas and his wife Mary was walking on the road to Emmaus, walking towards home, sad. A lot of Christians is walking sad because they're not walking with God. A lot of them sad. 
Something to be sad about if you ain't walking with God, ain't it? And they was walking along, uh, Brother Steve, they was walking along and a stranger, they thought, stepped out of the shadows and said, why is your countenance falling? What are you sad about? Huh? You know, it's sad that a lot of Christians are sad looking all the time. Pitiful looking. Amen? That's a God's truth. We're, we're poor advertisement for Jesus. And Jesus asked them, why are you sad? Why is your countenance falling? And they said, you not heard? He said, heard what? And they said about Jesus of Nazareth. He's crucified. He walked along with them and he began to whet their appetite. He said, well, tell me about it. They began to, and he began to whet their appetite a little bit and they walked along and they come to a fork of the road and it said, he made as though he would have went on. And they said, they constrained him to come home with them. Remember that? Luke 24. And they went home and Mary was stirring up something to eat. And, and, Cle, and uh, Cleophas was sitting there listening to Jesus. She was listening. And he opened the scriptures and he started teaching them. He started teaching them. And brother, I'm telling you, I mean, it was getting on in there. And then he ate that bull fish and that honeycomb in there. And the Bible said their eyes were holding. They didn't know who he was. But all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. And when they recognized who he was, he vanished out of their sight. And look at this. And he said, did not our hearts burn while he talked with us by the way? And let me tell you something. Hey, you know why we ain't got no heartburn? We're not walking with God. See, what we need tonight, and God won't forget those that walk with him. He's not. But the reason our hearts are not burning, we're not close enough to the fire. You got to get up close to the fire. You know, when I was a kid, we burned coal. We burned coal in the mountains of West Virginia. And we had a warm morning coal stove half as big around as that pulpit. I mean, that thing was huge. And we'd bring coal in at night and wood, get the fire going. I'm talking about nights like this out here and worse, way worse. Coal, man. And we'd get that fire going. And I mean, we'd get us a hot in that little old uh, two-bedroom house. It gets so hot in there that we'd have to put the windows up and open the doors. That, that, that pipe would get cherry hot. I mean, get red, boy. But, and you know what? If you backed up too close to that fire, you back up too close to that stove, it'd melt. I've had uh, some of them old jackets, I've had them back up, it'd melt them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It'd, it, hey, it about burned you. But brother, let me tell you something, though. I like to get, I like to get there where it gets warm, don't you? Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. One of the best things, bless God, they ever made in a car's heated seat, ain't it? Say amen. Praise God, I like them. I'd rather be pouring three quarts of oil a week in one than not have eaten seeds. I'd rather one be using oil than not have eaten seeds. Hey, brother, that's great to get in one. You can turn that heated seat on, ain't it? Hey, but I like to get close to the fire of the Word of God and let God bless you and walk with God and talk with God. Let me tell you, He won't forget them that walks and talks with Him either. Brother, let me tell you something. When you're up against it, let me tell you, when you're in the, when you're in the fire and you're going through trials, let me tell you, God be with you. I remember a few weeks ago when I was preaching in, uh, in October, I was preaching in Colorado and I've come down out of the mountains there into a place where there's some phone service and seen where I had five calls I'd missed from my family back in West Virginia. I said, I know something's the matter. And I got a hold of them. They said, your brother's been airlifted to a hospital. And you know what, Brother Steve, I went into a, a house there. I got away from everybody and I said, let me go in this place and pray. And I got in there and prayed. And whenever I prayed for God to let him live, God told me in that room, said, he ain't going to live. There's no use to ask me anymore. He ain't going to live. I didn't ask him anymore for him to live. I got my answer in there. But you know what? God told me what he was going to do. I knew it. I, had, I mean, I didn't even have to. I didn't try to hurry home or anything. I said, there's no use for me to hurry home. 
I could have changed my flight. It was going to cost me a bunch of money to get on an early flight and get home. I said, no point in it. There's nothing I can do till I get there. It's over. Are you following me? Let me tell you something. God didn't forget that he gave me an answer. You said, wasn't the answer you wanted? No, but listen, but God, God's sovereign. He knows what's right. God always does right. God always does right. He always does right. And brother, you may not understand it. But old Job said, he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. But listen, God won't forget me. He'll never forget me. Now somebody might forget me, but God will never forget me. You know, I go sometimes uh, to the nursing homes and now they've shut them down a lot where you can't get in like you could. But I still try to get in them. I went in to see a woman the other day and, and I didn't know I could even get in that nursing home, but I got in there and I hadn't been going because I didn't know I could get in there. And, and you know, she told me, preacher, I thought you'd forgot me. I said, I hadn't forgot you. I've been praying for you right on. She just cried and wept. She said, I thought you'd forgot me. I said, oh no, I didn't forget you. But let me tell you, even if I had a forgot her, let me tell you something. God knows. He never forgets. He never forgets those that walk with him. He never forgets those uh, a willing servant and he never forgets those that show their love to him. Let me say this right here. God will never forget a wanting sinner that wants to be saved. God will never forget them. You know, if somebody wants to be saved, the Lord will never forget them. You remember on the cross, two thieves was hanging on each side of Jesus and that one cursed him. But that one poor old sinner over there, he said, Lord, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Jesus said today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. He never forgot him. And let me tell you, if you're here tonight and you don't know you're saved, let me tell you, he will never forget you. He'll never forget you. Here's the thing you better not do. You better not forget him. You, you better take care of business tonight. You take care of business tonight. You're here tonight. You're not saved. You get saved tonight. Brother, you wait till tomorrow. You may wake up in hell. You get saved tonight. Then let me say this right here. Jesus will never, uh, Jesus, uh, will never forget those that weep and shed tears of broken heart. You think God don't know your heart's broke tonight? Let me tell you what Psalm 56, 8 says. Thou tellest my wanderings and puttest my tears into a bottle. Are they not in thy book? God, my tears are in God's book. You know what though, Brother Steve? He don't have much trouble keeping up with tears today because ain't many of them being shed. And when people is shedding them, it's over a bunch of junk. People cry over a bunch of stuff they ought not be crying over most of the time. Brother, let me tell you something. When we shed tears over a broken heart and our heart's broken, God sees them. And he said he he keeps them in his bottle and puts them in his book. You know what I heard about an old boy that his mother was praying for him? He's a hard, he just got hard and got off to drinking and got into drugs and got in and mother tried to witness to him. He didn't want to hear it. One day he stormed out of the house, went and got his own place, moved off in a different state, got away from his mother. And, uh, but mama kept praying, God save my boy, Lord save my boy. And she'd cry every night and pray over him. And one night, she, she sent him a letter. She sent him a letter. And in that letter, she had a little old bitty bottle she, she put in that letter with it. And when he got that, she said, son, I just wanted to remind you that I love you. And I've been praying every day for God to save your soul. I've been praying for you. And I wanted to mail you this little bottle. He wondered what it was. And when he got that little bottle, he looked at, he said, in that bottle of water, he said, are the tears that I've been shedding for you. 
And that boy said, man, when I looked at that bottle and I thought about how much my mother loved me and her heart had been broken, how I'd broken my mother's heart, that old boy called his mother on the phone and there on the phone, she was able to lead him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 126, 5 and 6 said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. But he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Folks, listen, you know something? God won't forget our tears, but are we shedding any tears? Let me tell you something tonight. You know something, Brother Steve, that I heard an old evangelist say a few days ago, and I said, my goodness, and it was on a tape that I heard it. I don't know how long ago it was that he told this, but he said that he could remember a day in churches many years ago when the ladies would make handkerchiefs and sell them for a dime a piece in the church, they'd sell them for 10 cents before church service and sell them to people because people would use those handkerchiefs to wipe tears. Brother, we don't need none now. We don't need no handkerchiefs. You know why? Ain't many tears. And brother, listen, we come home. I mean, we come to church and we sit through church services and we get up and we leave and our hearts are never moved about those outside these doors. There's people sitting in this room, but you got sons and daughters and daddies and mothers and brothers and sisters and got family members that if they die, they're going to spend eternity in hell and we don't even cry over them. Brother, we, don't, we can't. And here's what's sad. We ought to be crying because we can't cry. We ought to cry because we can't cry. Hey, do you know what I was preaching in Ohio one night and preaching about getting your family saved? And there was a man jumped up during the invitation and cried, oh God, and cried and took off running out the doors and told one of the ushers to tell us to pray. And he said, you pray. I'm going right now. God told me to go see my daddy. He lived in another state. He said, God's will, and I'll be back here tomorrow night. And that boy left out of that service that night and drove all night, drove way up into the morning and got to his daddy's house. His heart was so stirred in that service and led his daddy to Christ. And came back the next night and stood in church and gave a testimony how he led his dad to Christ but how that his tears had dried up. But you know what? If we'll get the tears flowing again, God sees them tears. Hey, God's not forgot. God's not forgot. Let me ask you tonight. But have you forgot God? That's the thing. Have we forgotten God? The psalmist said, Lord, have you forgotten to be gracious? Oh, no. No, God's not forgot. God's not forgot one thing you've done. Friend, let me tell you something. If he didn't forget that bottle of water you gave me a while ago, I'm telling you right now, he ain't going to forget a lot of this other stuff. Are you doing, though, what you can? Are you a willing servant? Are you a weeping soul winner? Are you walking in sweet fellowship? What about it tonight? God has not forgotten. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Tonight though, but have you forgotten? Have you forgotten God? Have maybe tonight you forgotten to be what you used to do and you say, you know, there was a time I told the Lord I'd be willing to do this or that or the other. I don't know what God might be dealing with you about tonight. But have you forgot maybe a vow you made? Have you forgot that loved one that lives maybe even in your house? Have you forgot that loved one that's got their blood flowing through your veins tonight and they're not even saved? If they die tonight, they'd spend eternity in hell. Have you forgotten that tonight? Hey, have you forgotten that God still answers and hears prayers tonight? Yes, He does. Have you forgotten to pray? Have you forgotten 
the God that saved you one day and kept you out of hell, have you forgotten him? Let's stand to our feet tonight as the instruments play. Have you forgotten? God's not forgotten. You can be sure of that. You can be sure of that. But have you forgotten? Have you forgotten God? Would you come tonight? Say, Lord, I, I just want you to know I've not forgot you. God, I've not forgot. Can I tell you tonight too, if you say, preacher, I just feel like sometimes God's forgotten me. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. You can come tonight and thank him. Will you come? If you're here tonight and you're not saved, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, would you slip your hand up so I could pray for you? Would you slip your hand up tonight so I could pray for you? Would you slip that hand up and say, Pastor Cox, remember me. I don't even really know for sure I'm saved. Pray for me. Anybody like that? Anybody like that at all? Hey, have you got loved ones that's lost? How many of you got somebody in your family? You got somebody, they're lost tonight. Would you slip your hand up tonight? Why don't we come pray for them? Let's pray and I'll pray with you tonight. Let's pray God will save them. Would you come tonight? Let's pray. Would you come tonight? Let me pray with you. Let's pray God will save me. He hadn't forgot them either. God's still longing for them to come to Him. Oh, to God tonight that you and me would be as burdened about it as God is tonight. God loved them so much and wants them saved. He sent His only begotten Son to come and die for their sins. You got a brother, a daddy, a mother a neighbor, a co-worker. What about it tonight? Let's pray. Let's pray. You want to join us? Would there be somebody else want to step out and join us? God's not forgot you. God's not forgot it. You want to come? Dear Lord, tonight there's altars lined up with people. Lined up with people, Lord, tonight it's got family members lost. Neighbors. And Lord, sometimes we get busy and we have a tendency to forget. But Lord, we know you've not forgotten them. Father, nudge our hearts tonight. Help us, God, to get our burden back. Lord, help us to get our burden back to walk with you. You've not forgotten us, but sometimes we forget our God. Lord, you've not forgot a willing servant that's just willing to do something. And Lord, help people to see they're not useless. They can be used of God. Help us get our family saved. Lord, I pray that something said tonight at this meeting Something said. God will be used of God to help somebody get their family members to get them saved. And Father, to be a better child of God, a better servant. Lord, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to stand and represent you and preach tonight. Thank you for what you'll do for us. We love you. And we thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen. Preacher.